is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hey guys, this is Tweety. You can follow Fish Out of Water podcast on Twitter at FooPod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D, or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash fish out of water podcast. Thanks guys. Enjoy the episode. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water Where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor bombers Making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars This is Fish at Water This is Fish at Water Hey guys, welcome to Fish at Water, I'm Jeremiah And I'm Ryan And we have a great guest with us today, he's a UCB teacher He's been a mod director uh, since 2007, uh, most recently with the team Nephew. Uh, he has a podcast called Don't Get Me Started. He was the writer and a star of A Soundly Defeated Man, a UCB sketch show. Uh, give it up for Mr. Will Hines. Will Hines, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah thank of course, man. Thanks here. for being here. Yeah. We so got, these mics, these mics are nice and pro. We got pro mics going on. I know. And yeah. now Jeremiah got these little stands because uh, before yeah. we had these like weird, awkward stands. Yes, and these, these are just, great. I'm gonna yeah. get these for mine. Yeah, they're cheap. Twelve bucks. Oh, Amazon. I'm getting them today. Yeah. Same day shipping oh if God. you got Prime. Fans yeah. of my podcast, <laughs> my equipment just got upgraded. You, you witnessed it happen. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You these a, are nice and simple. You have a cool podcast can you kind of explain podcast, what it is my, my i'm a co-host with a guy named anthony king who's another big ucb dude uh and he it was his idea and basically it's like talk to people mostly comedians about something they're passionate about that's like not their job so the tagline is talented people talk about not what they do but what they love and it, i believe that anthony was thinking there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk to comedians about being comedians mm-hmm. and like the arc of their career which are great Great podcasts, really interesting, but that felt like very done territory. So let's mm-hmm. talk to people about, um, and and also something. So something that besides their career, but then also a positive podcast where it's like if somebody's at a party and they start talking about their favorite thing, you know, their eyes light up and they get all excited and they want to dump all this information on you about it, and we're like, oh. It'd be nice if we could try to capture that energy. Yeah. And sometimes we're able to do it. Hmm. So we try to have people come on and it's like, whatever you would talk about it. So it doesn't have to be something you are a complete expert on, but just something that you are, that you could talk excitedly about for, you know, 30 to 40 minutes. What are some of the, uh, uh, I guess, not weird. Weird is not a great word, but like unique. Unique ones? Yeah. Yeah. We've had, um, well, my favorite that we've done to date is our friend Joe Wengert came on and talked about his very regimented manner of purchasing music. He's got very strict <laughs> rules for himself of when yeah. he can buy new music wow. and what types, and then the ways he listens to it is very regimented. So that okay. was like a fascinating process of something that I didn't realize could be so regimented. Yeah. Um, Sometimes they're surprising. There's a friend of mine named Eugene Cordero has one about body image issues, and he's a man. And of course, men well, have and body also, image issues. If anybody that knows him, he's super buff now too. He's super buffed and super mm-hmm. jacked, but he used to be kind of a chubby dude. Um, and so that transformation and what his feelings underneath it all uh, was very vulnerable and personal. And, and he's a really articulate and sweet guy. So that was like a really interesting one to hear. Mm, cool. Um, we just recently had one by Sasha. Filer, who's a um, comedian. I know Sasha, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she has a dog, and she's really into her dog doing these, like, obstacle courses 
uh, for competitions. Oh yeah, like the Westminster. Is, oh no, that's a different thing. That's a uh, dog show. That's that is a, like yes, you're yeah. you're in the right area, but a little off because mm-hmm. the wet. That's the dog show where mm-hmm. it's just sort of like, are they bred well and do right. they are they trained to do normal dog stuff? This is like obstacle courses yeah, like gotcha. running over ramps and performing missions and it's like the one where you see him like do it and there's always that one dog eats all the tree like stops in the middle of the thing and eats all the treats and then like yes they're yeah. not supposed to do that, yeah, supposed to do that. To, and so i've seen a dog take stop and take a shit yeah i think it's the same one <laughs> right yeah, yeah I, think I think that's right and her yeah. dog is great at it mm-hmm. and so she was her obsession with it was really fascinating that was a recent one that i really loved oh that's yeah. cool that's yeah great. yeah that's the great stuff like hearing those really um Things that you wouldn't like, I would have never guessed any of those. Or Sean Diston's uh, yeah, prehistory. Yeah, Sean Diston talked about prehistory, which is the theory that there were hugely developed civilizations before we currently have records. So pre Egypt, mm. yeah, pre Assyria, pre Sumeria, that there were like hugely developed coastal cities that got wiped out by a flood. That sounds fun. It's really yeah. fun, yeah. and he sounds nuts when he talks about it, uh, which yeah. he's aware of, and he addresses. Yeah. But it's a really exciting one. That's a really fun one. Yeah. Sean Clements, who's a big podcast guy with Hollywood Handbook, talked about the Mountain Goats, uh, the band, which oh, okay. he loves. And he was um, uh, he's this really smart, funny person talking about this band that he genuinely loves, and that was really those – are, those are some of the big hits. Oh, cool. That's oh, Jason Manzuka's talked about improv. We broke our rule. Sometimes we break yeah. our rule when we want to talk about improv. Yeah. If it's like a real old school UC beer that me and Anthony were like basically students of, we're like, uh, we're going to break our rule because uh, we want to be improv nerds with you. Right. Yeah. So the Manzuka's talking about improv is another. Really Whenever someone one. tells me about your podcast, like, because they don't know that I've heard of it or whatever, yeah. they always say they never talk about comedy except Jason Manzuka's. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's pretty yeah, great. that was that's our podcast. Cool. So what's your what's sort of your trajectory in the comedy world? Like how did you get your start doing comedy? And okay, so I am so I was a computer programmer for my twenties and then when I was and, but I missed funny people. My family was funny, my college friends were funny, but here I am surrounded by day job people. I was bored. So I started doing like various comedy things in New York City, this is in the late nineties. Stand up uh, short form improv class, blah, blah, blah. It eventually floated around to a UCB improv class and I sort of fell in love with the UCB community and my friends and I just got hardcore into improv. Um, and, and, and after a number of years, I started thinking like, oh, I guess I could maybe do this for real. I started having success as a coach and a teacher. Um, auditioned for some commercials and started to get a couple small things and I was like, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just do this with my life. So when I was 35, basically, I was like, I guess I do this now. And I stopped computer programming and started just doing that stuff. And uh, then when now I'm 46, like three years ago, I moved to L.A., which was another like, well, maybe I can get work in the real industry, you know, where all where all the work is. I came out here to sort of try to pursue those opportunities. I have a very slow, later than you might think trajectory. But um, the short answer is I got into UCB and then very gradually came to accept that I was kind of good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever feel like so I'm kind of in a similar position where I have a nine to five, which uh-huh. I'm playing hooky from right now sure. okay. uh, that uh, I, I did engineering and I still am an engineer, right? but I... it's one of those things like I, uh, uh, I feel uh, one, I feel bad cause I, I'm, I have the golden handcuffs of a, of a salary, sure. which kind of sucks. And, uh, right. and yeah, I started, I too. yeah, I started later as well. I didn't start, I didn't move out to LA to, I kind of had like where I want to go do comedy. So I'm going to go out to LA at least while I work, you uh-huh. know, and at least get some experience. Sure. Um, but I never, 
I feel like I started late. Did you ever have that feeling of like, man, maybe I'm too, I'm past. Oh yeah. Every yeah. day. <laughs> I'd say at least <laughs> once a day I have like, maybe I fucked up. Like, I, think, <laughs> I mean, maybe not, maybe not once a day, but yeah. realistically I'd say every two weeks I have a real quiet moment where I'm like, I should go back. But I'm just like, it's too late now. Yeah. Uh, I don't too regret deep. it. Like a life yeah. lived doing something you love is pretty exciting. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. fully engaged in the present moment career-wise since I was 35. That's pretty rare. But I'm also, yeah. I am also like, uh, I don't have as much money as I would have. I feel sort of unreliable in terms of being a provider. Like as I think about trying to like get married or something or settle down with somebody, I'm like, oh, how do I do that? Like I'm a fucking idiot. Like. <laughs> I mean, not that there's, there's answers to those questions, but it's right. not as easy as somebody might be able to answer it if they had a real job. And, right. and I used to have a real job. I used to make like, not crazy money, but like solid day job money. Mm-hmm. And I remember what that felt like, mm-hmm. but it wasn't worth it to me. Just like, you know, really, I, I don't, so there's no right answer to tell you the truth. Right. I would say that, um, you probably know, I mean, this is a cop out answer, but you probably know what you want to do and you should just do it, whatever right. that is. Like, for sure, there's no shame in any path. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody keeping a good job and raising a family and saving money for retirement and taking security in that and buying property. That sounds like a pretty good life to me. That doesn't sound like a bad way to live. I don't shame the traditional right. traditional path. As long as they're happy. Yeah, you got you got to know what yeah. do you do you does security really make you feel like you're a good person doing your thing? That's mm-hmm. totally cool, man. Yeah. But if you're like, no, I'm I like to be more adventurous and I like to do this other thing. Then do it. No one's, there's no grade at the end. Right. So. Yeah, that's a good point. My what s- if there is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there is a B, yeah. I'm partly waiting for it. Like I am yeah. always partly waiting, you know, that Albert Brooks movie, Defending Your Life. Like I relate to that title very much where I'm like, I'm ready. I have yeah. you know, evidence I can point to for all my decisions. Yes. Yeah. I always keep thinking a folder. Like, you just what have if a it's, folder. I always keep thinking, what if it's a video game? And like at the end you get your score, like how many like uh, headshots, I mean, you should, know? You should, if it, you should get a couple shots then. Right. I mean, you yeah. should be able to go back in once you know. That's the way you learn video games. I know, right? right? Yeah, you get a reset. The yeah. thing about that though is if we all say, how do we know what reset we're, all, we're on right now? You know? Yeah, Maybe, oh, yeah, that's very Matrix. Because you... You have you, destroyed Zion many <laughs> times before. Because yeah. no yeah. one... If, if you're a person in today's world and you're like, yeah, this is my second life, people are like, you're fucking crazy. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They don't take you seriously. But what if that person really yeah. consciously yeah, remember their past yeah, life? The, you know? I love it. And what if someone's on like difficulty level hard and I'm dep- on difficulty level It depends who they are. Easy. If they're like a homeless guy dressed in newspaper and he tells me that, <laughs> then I'm not going to listen to him. But if it's like a guy who's got his shit together and he's like, I have memory of my past life and this is a video game, I would at least be like, well, I can't disprove it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, maybe it's the kind of thing where you're right and that still isn't going to change any of the decisions I make today. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah, it will. Um, yeah. This is going to just be a hard transition, I guess. Uh, yeah. So when you're looking at um, when you're going through your comedy life or whatever, uh-huh. is there over the years, like, are there things that you've really like thought about with comedy? Um, I'm trying to think of an example, like anything you've really focused on. You're like, I think this might be the answer to comedy, at least for me. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, well, I think what that makes me think of is, I mean, I'd say like three or three years ago, coinciding with the time I moved out here, I was like, well, I need to kind of leverage my own personality more. Like, I, I I never thought of myself as being an interesting person in terms of, like, a comedy <laughs> character. I thought of myself as sort of, like, a straight man on the improv team and, like, sort of a sensible voice behind the scenes. And I am those roles sometimes. But I came to realize sort of, like, what? 
I kind of started thinking like, maybe I'm funnier than I thought I was. Like, I think maybe I am a personality of some sorts and that if I'm going to be doing this more as a career, I need to like leverage it. Like that show I did last year, which is called The Soundly Defeated Man, was sort of like, well, how can I build a show around my persona, whatever that is? Mm -hmm. And in improv, I try to sort of like play myself harder. It wasn't like I was doing tons of characters before, but I just sort of more consciously am like, well, what does uh, Will Hines think about this improv situation? What would he do? Um, so I kind of injecting more of myself and my vibe into stuff. I would always do that to some degree, but I've more yeah. consciously been like, I am the star. <laughs> what if I were famous already? Like a famous, beloved comedy person like Bill Murray. And if he was doing a sketch show, it'd be like, well, you better be Bill Murray in it. Like you should leverage your Bill Murray-ness. Right. Or if you're Zach right. Galifianakis or Kristen Wiig, you should leverage the kind of general persona that you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, let me just pretend like I am already that person. What, what do I do? If I'm this beloved, balding, low-key, Bob Newhart wannabe. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, do you have you know, a tough time? So that, that, That's been my focus. If perception, so uh, perception is sort of a weird thing, right? Yeah. Do you subjective, ever... Subjective, right? Yeah, it's very subjective. So do you feel... So when you're trying to find your vibe, are you uh-huh. finding your vibe through just ignoring what other people say? Or do you kind of take in what uh, you think people... I love people... that question. I, I, this is where improv has helped me. Like, I do tons of improv. I've done it for years and years, like 18 years. And when you do improv, it's a mixture of the ideas that you are inventing. You know, and that's a bad word in improv, but you are making stuff up, right? right. So it's a combination of those ideas and your vibe. You know, you are the instrument or whatever, that is like performing those ideas. And the audience laughs if they like it. The audience is voting. We agree with this. Mm. I mean, laughter is partly recognition. And sometimes there's an element of laughter is like, there is truth in this. Right. You have surprised us with truth or whatever. So if I play a character and I'm not great at it, the audience might like that I'm being brave and bold and appreciate it, but they might not laugh. But if I... I just remember very early on in improv scenes, I started getting laughs when I felt very much like myself. And I was like, oh, they just wanted, they just want me to be me. And so a collection of those moments over the years have taught me it's not quite exactly how I perceive myself. It's a little bit grouchier. It's a little bit Mm. more sad than I feel. (laughs) I just remember like, I, I don't have the exact example, but very early on in my improv career, like 2002, something like that, I was on a Herald team with a bunch of super funny people. And there, there came to be a time when somebody would say something to me and I would like scrunch my brow up and just go, wait, what? What are you saying to me? I don't get it. Why are we in this office? And, you know, broaching on denial a little bit improv wise, but the mm-hmm. audience would love it. They would just, they would go nuts or in my perception, right? more nuts than they had. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm the guy who's supposed to come into a situation and say, what is this? What are you doing? And uh, that's one example of like starting to realize how the audience connects with me. Right. So I'd say that improv, through just trial and error, a huge, vast number of reps, I have some muscle memory of when I do X, the audience agrees with me. Hmm. So 
sometimes I'm just kind of like, what is that? I'm just trying to, it's like muscle memory. What's it right. feel like when I'm doing that again? So I'd say improv kind of helped me figure that out. So That's you great. did. So, so when you go to write stuff for yourself, do yeah. you use that same kind oh, of man. It's crazy. So I've written yeah. sketches for a long time. Like my first group was like 2003, 2000. I was very lucky to start UCB at the time that it was very small. Hmm. And then I was with it as it like exploded over the years. I don't think I'm like a naturally great talent at any of this. And I still have limitations that haunt me constantly but one great fortune I had was just being around a lot of great people when they were very young. So like, um, sometimes young biologically, but I mean young comedically. Um, and I kind of learned from a lot of great people. So when I was first writing sketches, I was doing it with Neil Casey, Joe Wengert, and my friend Rob Lathan and Mitch McGee. Um, and I feel like people who listen to this might know Neil and Joe. Joe was like yeah, a big teacher. Yeah, I know teacher. Neil and Joe. Mm-hmm. And these other guys are great too. Uh, They're more New York guys. Um, But we were all new to UCB, writing together, and I learned from these people. And I was doing very, like, sketchy sketches, very just, like, big concept, you know, like, you know, uh, obvious high-concept things, like uh, um, bank, you know, bank president who uh, uh, is trying to get you to take care of his teenage daughter. Terrible. Idea. Uh, like, <laughs> so, something with like, like no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah. miss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't miss premise. But like yeah. high concept premises. What I was going to say was um, Senor President, which was always our go-to hack sketch title back in the day. Mm. Um, but like then over the years, and then I went through like a surreal period where like non sequitur stuff was funnier to me, like stuff that almost didn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, I I weirdly can't think of my own examples as well as other people's, but uh, my friend Sean Clements once wrote a sketch about a guy who was on a date with a girl and kept wanting to talk about how he had two wieners. <laughs> like that was one of his assets as a date was that he had two wieners. And like the word wieners made me laugh. And the fact that he was just, in a very business-like way, just kept repeating that he had two wieners. And it really made me giggle. And other people were like, shouldn't there be a Why? How do we heighten this? And I was like, I'm good. Like, I love this. Just have him say it over and over again. Yeah. And I feel like sketch writers go through phases where they just like surreal little details kind of, you know, hit a lot. But now I'm in a phase where I don't like any of that. And all I want is like little moments that happen in real life to happen on stage, almost like sitcom type things. Situation comedy right. stuff. Uh, that's what I mean by sitcom. Not not necessarily like laugh track, <laughs> let's all get along. I, I mean like yeah. real life situations. The, the, yeah, real life and there's like one weird thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so concerned about heightening really. I just want to mm. try to capture very Like to live subtle, in that moment. Yeah, of, okay. So for example, they're very small and, it's, and I don't always get it. To be honest, they're so small that I, they sometimes slip through my fingers. For example, mm. I was at a copycat on Hillhurst, which is like a copy joint. And I was like getting something printed out because I don't have a good printer. And um, they were like, we started having the small talk conversation about whether I had gotten a good parking spot. And then we were talking way too long about where I, to my, where I had parked. Oh, it was a meter. <laughs> how much money do you think? there? And I hadn't like put that much thought into it. And I wasn't able to come up with the answers that this guy was interested in. And I was like, there's something very funny here of how, 
I've gotten trapped in talking about parking and I'm not ready and I'm scared to talk about it and I feel like I'm letting him down. Mm-hmm. So, so somewhere in there is something that was really making me giggle inside. Mm-hmm. How do you make that a sketch? It sounds like Seinfeld to me a little bit. It like, is Seinfeldy and Kirby. Kirby, Kirby, yeah. and Kirby right. Where, uh, which are two, Curb is my favorite show of all time. I, I see. I want to my, my wife has this thing where she, I uh, hate it so much, but she won't watch TV shows uh-huh. that were in 4-3 in the square. Okay. And so I never get to watch Curbed. Because well, Curb she... is not like that anymore. It's gone HD. It's oh, gone when 69. We to, when but... we tried to watch it, it was 4.3. Well, the original, probably the first five, six seasons yeah. were shot on like, an, you know. DVD she won't camera. watch them. Yeah. But uh, if, I'm going to go back now. That is a funny restriction. I <laughs> mean, you're a... really missing out on like one of the greatest <laughs> shows. One of the greatest shows. Like, uh, what was I the... mean, you should watch one. I mean, like, <laughs> there's no, we seven watched... or eight seasons that you can watch like one episode. Can you I watched stretch the picture on your, like I do that all the time. Like I have a VHS player where I'll watch me and Catherine will watch like old VHS, like Disney VHS. Yeah. And you can on your oh, like, yeah, you can, like zoom stretch in. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It stretches it. Yeah. Stretch I don't it. know. She maybe we know. can. I've never tried that on my TV. Yeah. There's ways to do it. You can fool her. You can yeah, fool, fool my wife. You're missing out on some. My wife's great. very sharp, though, but I'll try. She's very <laughs> smart. She will catch me. But I I'll like the one try. where he, Larry, asks a girl out in a coffee shop, and mm-hmm. then after he's asked her out, realizes that she's in a wheelchair like she pulls away from the table <laughs> yeah. and he's kind of like oh do i still want to go out and he's like yeah you know what actually i do i'm yeah. surprised i sort of maybe wish i knew that but right. then he get then he goes out with her and when he shows up she's disappointed because he was wearing a baseball hat when he asked her out and <laughs> now she realizes he's bald <laughs> and she's not so into him being bald and he's yeah. like well you're in a wheelchair <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. so funny yeah <laughs> But they're uh, at dinner together. Don't they actually have sit yeah, down? They're at, they're at, yeah, they're they make it to the dinner. Yeah, they make it to dinner, and then I'm forgetting says, exactly what happened. But I remember that parallel was just like, oh, what a funny idea. That's yeah, so, yeah, that's so good. Oh, wow. I remember from the first season, the episode where he's charged to write the obituary for somebody who died, a beloved aunt, mm-hmm. and he dictates the obituary, and he's all full of himself, thinking he's going to do a good job. And he's like, so and so, sixty six, beloved aunt. Uh, lover of like knitting died and there's a misprint in the newspaper and they put beloved cunt by yes. mistake. <laughs> oh, yeah. and everybody's mad at him they're pissed off at him they're like yeah. what'd you say beloved cunt for he's like, I, didn't, I said aunt yeah. like it's just yeah. a typo yeah. but they all turn they on all him blamed and it's like oh what, a, in, what an ingenious typo to realize could maybe happen right I, I for a time there I would write down I would watch Curb and then I'd go through my day and write down yeah you almost moments. like you have Curb eyes yeah on, you have this yeah. vision Right, and uh, my car got stolen, and that book was in my car. Uh, and I lost all those. I mean, it was like, like for a year straight, I put in this oh, little diary. A, that's a yeah, heart, which that's sucks. A heartbreak. Uh, but one of my favorite ones of Curb was, um, and I always thought about this when people donate money to a building or something, and they have plaques that say donor. You yeah, know, they donate, and then there was one where uh, he had donated money and put his name, and his buddy donated as well and put anonymous. But everyone knew who Anonymous was. Uh-huh. And so he was super pissed. Cause he's like, what do you, you know, like everyone knows you're Anonymous, but they're giving him credit because they're like, oh, it's so selfless for you to donate. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. your name. You yeah. Know? Yes. Yeah. I love things like that. Oh, so he really good. digs, digs into those like little, little injustices. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know if I'm good at those, but those are the ones that interest me the most. So when you right now, so your so your career of sketch obviously well as you write your sensibilities change and what you yeah, want to see and uh-huh. what you want to write. Do you go? Have you gone back to things that 
you know, um, that you used to like, or, or do those things still tickle you? Or is it kind of one of those things, like you said, you're um, settled into the more sitcom-y style? Yeah. Um, yeah, the old stuff, I don't like it as much when I look back, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, but I, I recognize that I was figuring stuff out. Right. I mean, I didn't think I was interesting, so I needed a bigger idea. Like, I mean, I was maybe I was never good at this. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I directed a lot and co-written a lot. Like, I had one with a friend of mine named Matt DaCosta. We wrote a sketch show, and we had a sketch where it was, this is during 2004, during the George W. Bush, John Kerry presidential campaign. Mm-hmm. So it was a political season. And we had a sketch where it was two guys, lights come up, two guys are at podiums debating, but my character has a harpoon through him. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and the other character, we have, we have a question about, we're finishing a question about the economy. Right. And then uh, the moderator's like, okay, next question to you. What do you have to say to the accusations that you have been harpooned? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not answering these questions. <laughs> like, I, uh, I'm not going to justify them with a yeah. thing. And yeah. <laughs> um, that's like a pretty big yeah. circumstance. It required, we had to like make a fake harpoon. And right. Like, yeah. You're talking, he's like the king of big circumstance sketches. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I do kind of like that idea. But, he um, dropped a, he dropped I, I wouldn't. A, I don't think I'd be as into it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get. It. I, I'm in that stage right now. I think. Yeah. It's just. Fun, it's just interesting. Yeah, I totally get he it. He dropped yeah. a giant sack of dicks. <laughs> he rigged it up to the top of the theater, and then they pulled the string or the rope, and this like I don't know twenty thirty concrete dicks fell to the stage. <laughs> and that's pretty impressive. Were, I mean, uh, if you're gonna do it, yeah, if you're gonna do it. But I, I like the like. <laughs> they were real concrete. Yeah, they were real concrete. They were pyramid mache but it was. Uh, I like the showmanship of sketch. I, yeah, I no, feel that's, like that's great too. Like I yeah. went through that. I mean, um, yeah, I went through that phase. It's just interesting. I directed Mod Night. You know, we had yeah. tons of silly stuff on that. Right. That right. It's I, good to I know that. There. But if it's if I'm gonna do it, I guess it's sort of like there's this. I could watch any kind of sketch and like it. Mm-hmm. I think, but the stuff I'm gonna make. I, you know, that's a bigger investment of your time and stuff. So, right. And I'm the two wiener guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm the, the guy that's two gonna, wieners. Yeah. That's, that's that's funny. Going to be the one that, that would be Maybe it's just that I'm not write. as good as those things. Cause if I wrote two wieners, I think I'd still like it. I think I still <laughs> like the premise very much. Yeah. yeah. There's something funny. Like that's the thing about wieners. Yeah. Such a silly <laughs> that's word. the thing. If you said two dicks, it's not as funny. No way. Definitely not two penises. Not as no. funny, but there's something about It's wiener. so innocent and childish. Yeah. yeah. Childlike and the way that you're talking about, I can so see a business like a CEO of Wells Fargo. You know, yeah. like that high power up electron yeah. guy, yeah. like saying two yeah. wieners and just being yeah. matter of fact. Right, just no big deal. No big deal. Just FYI, yeah. yeah. I just you wrote a sketch about <laughs> guys that really like butts. Like they just won't. They use the word butt like three times in a. I'm sentence. a sucker for the silly phrase said a million times, and it doesn't work. Often, I, yeah. I'd say it's got with a certain percentage of the audience, it's going to work great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for the other ones, the, the normal not... people, it's like they really get tired of it. Fast. Yeah, right. But, uh, but I realized that though. once I took all the cuss words out, like because I had like fucks and hells in there too. Yeah. Once I just took all that out and changed those to the butt, ver- like whatever butt yeah. is of that, like heck. Yes, yes. Or frick. Mm-hmm. There's one like that. The funnier. state did one about um, Clifford Odette's tenement but done for family-friendly audiences, which is this kind of, like, crude, brutal play. And they pretend to be a theater group that's adapted it for television, so it's all people saying, like, <laughs> poop! Poop uh, you to heck! That's funny. And it's, like, the uh, reserv- like Reservoir Dogs, but with... Yeah, yeah. but, like, with family-friendly... Family yeah, words. Yeah, that was funny. A pretty, I think, yeah, I think I remember the 
play they did was Tenement. The state would do a lot of play stuff. They were all like theater nerds. Mm-hmm. Do you know the state, like the NYU yeah. sketch yeah, group yeah, yeah, with yeah. that? Yeah. Is that what that is? Michael Ian Black. Hmm? One of my favorite, uh, a couple of my favorite sketches were state sketches. Though. Oh, yeah. I want to dip my balls right, in right, it. Right, right, right. Louie, right? That, oh, no, what's his name? That guy had a name. I, I can't remember his name. And then yeah. Doug. Sure, I'm, Doug, yeah. I'm Doug, I'm and I'm out, out of here. here, here, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> state was uh, great. I uh, wonder what the science is behind phrases that are like you know Andy Kaufman had a thing where he's like if you do something long enough I don't know if it was him but he uh, definitely employed that kind of rule or that you do the rule of 37 right yeah if you do something like once it's once and twice is not funny three is funny yeah. and then you keep doing it and like it's not funny not funny but then around 37 it's funny again or something like right, that right yeah and so like if you can <laughs> if you can get is up, that the real number I've I that's think, the way it's been said to me the rule of yeah. there's the rule of threes and the rule of 37s oh that's yeah. really funny it yeah. comes around again if you really wait right someone I've, I've no I don't know what comedy book I've read that I saw that there is a chart someone graphed it out you know yeah. like laughs first number of yeah. times repeated and it yeah it hits at three and then goes all the way down to zero <laughs> until you start going back up and you do it so long people are I feel like people Isn't are that Kurt and Kristen did that where Kurt's like Kristen Schaal is a horse you know that bit? Uh-uh. Do you, you know Kurt Braunohler and Kristen Schaal? I know Kristen the Schaal. So they're the co-hosts of Hot Tub, and they've done a lot of comedy things together, and Kurt's a comedian and performer. And he did some bit where he just started clapping his hands and screaming, Kristen Schaal is a horse. <laughs> Kristen Schaal is a horse, I think. Yeah. That was the, my, I might actually have that phrase a little wrong, but he just did it for like five minutes, yeah. screaming it. So he was almost like passed out. <laughs> And uh, that certainly employs that tactic. Yeah. yeah. There's something about that that's just Commitment like, is I think funny. that's what it is. I think it's that you're committed to doing this for five minutes or three minutes or whatever it is. The fact that you brought up that graph, I'm, I'm sympathetic to people trying to graph this stuff. But ultimately, there's, <laughs> it's, there's no 100% rules for this stuff. Right. It's like an alchemy of what specific, what actor, mm-hmm. what time, what audience. Mm-hmm. People really turned on Andy Kaufman towards the end. Yeah. yeah I mean they A lot of people Never liked him it, Yeah There's a little bit Of romanticizing Like he was never Like America's Darling comedian I mean No He was, he was definitely Got more Very popular on Taxi And he And he it was sort of A cult favorite That some people Really loved But his legend Grew after he died yeah. Beyond where it was When he was alive I mean Right I wasn't really a lot I mean I was pretty young When he died I think Yeah Like Taxi yeah. was like One of those shows I was like Old people watch this Right right yeah Cause I was like Yeah six. Taxi's an old show Yeah, yeah. Late 70s, early 80s. Right. Yeah. So, do you want to do some pitching? Yes. Okay. Um, I kind of want to just kind of go towards his, or yours, uh, strength, which you say is playing these, like, really real things. Should we pull out the list, or should we just have him... Let's just do it. ...do monologues? Yeah, let's just do monologues. Because oh, I, feel, I feel like that's sort of... Not monologues, but, like, yeah. living room, you know? Living room, okay. kind of. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that cool? Oh, boy. Or do, yeah. you want, or do you want the list? We can also give you a random number in a list. Right. The op- I heard you do that with Rennie, right? Like you pick a Yeah, you pick a number, and then we'll, there are different things. Now let's on let's the... we'll yes and what we've been doing. I'll okay. try to do like living room style stuff. Okay. okay. Yeah. So this is just stuff that I've noticed and that happened to me, or do you give a suggestion? Yeah, we'll get a suggestion. We'll all just sort of just talk about it. Gotcha, gotcha. We'll see where it goes. Maybe a like... to see it. Familiar. What openings do you particularly like to do the best? And, or, or your favorite? Oh, I like well, I like no opening. I like going just off a suggestion. If I have to do an opening, I like. Um, I don't like figuring out the whole premise in the opening. Mm-hmm. So I like stuff like invocation and. Um, I don't think I've ever heard that sentence 
spoke before. Yeah. <laughs> I like the invocation. Yeah, because I don't like having it all figured out, and I, that gives yeah. me some themes and some half ideas. There's something about that that I think, too. When I see – and some teachers that used to be teach this way, and I've never been a fan of it. Not to say I'm not a fan of the teachers, but I'm ne- I've never been a big fan of, like, when you do a pattern game talking about some of the beat like you basically in a pattern game sometimes will do the first beat of your of whatever sketch you open with you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. like you talk about it yeah and that kind of kills as an audience member when i watch it i kind of already see yeah it. you can you can definitely blow it out too much yeah uh it's uh it takes it, there's a you have to have the right touch for sure yeah uh, i'll do it that way too if that's what the group wants but that's just not my preference yeah, that's Team what. Player. Yeah, that was when James Mastrano was our coach. We did a lot of like really heavy premise pulling. Yeah, he's great at it. Yeah, he's very good outside, at it. Outside dog is really good at it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, our suggestion is walkie talkie. Mm, okay. Mm. Walkie talkie. All right. Well, I f- this is not going to give a good sketch idea, but walkie talkie. Like I had that when I was a kid. I thought it was a phase in the late seventies when I was a boy. Where like CBs and walkie talkies and trucker stuff was all in vogue. There was like, you know, Smoking the Bandit. There was like trucks involved in that, and Convoy was a big movie, and BJ and the Bear was like a trucker show on television. It wasn't the like, Bear a monkey. The Bear was a monkey. A lot of monkey shows in the late seventies, <laughs> early eighties. That's strange. They were sitting. In they went to the monkey. Space. Like, yeah, yeah. There was Clint Eastwood had two huge blockbuster hits with monkeys, and then there really? was. Yeah, any which way you can and any which way but loose. Oh my gosh. Clint and a chimpanzee. <laughs> that was that's those were huge yeah. top ten movies like Oh, that's so funny. Normal everyday conversation was have you seen Clint and the Chimpanzee movie? <laughs> uh, and also trucks and C B and like the kinda like redneck culture. Yeah. Uh, Take this job Dukes and shove it. Dukes yeah. of Hazard. Like, it's so weird how far that's gone the other way now. Redneck culture is like the word. Like I have, yeah. I, I'm almost like scared to say I'm from Nebraska in some places. I mean, it'll come around again because there it had been that way, and the time I'm speaking of was a reaction to the previous iteration of it. Mm, you know, right? Um, and so I had a walkie-talkie like as a toy, and. Um, Okay, maybe I've already said some ideas, but what I was going to originally say was people are very nostalgic for whatever was big when they were children, mm-hmm. and they get very blinded to the fact that if you are two years older or younger, that doesn't have the same hold. Like, I, right. I can't grab a walkie-talkie and expect a room to be awash in nostalgia, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, or, like, trucker stuff. Like, no one's going to care about, like, I used to, we had, there was, I had, like, a CB radio board game. With all these models like Bear in the Air and Smokey and like Breaker One Nine and all this like CB lingo you had to learn. Bear in the Air is like a police helicopter. Oh, okay. So like it was a board game? Yeah. Based off a CB radio board game. Based off That's of really CB funny. radio. Or truck it was a trucker board game. Mm. But I feel like I'll teach improv classes and people people will just be like, Oh my god, do you know what they should do for a show? And they'll just say a show that when they were kids they just wanted again. I don't know what the proper one is now. Like it'll be like whatever, depending on how old the kids are in the class. Like it'll be like Ducktales or like Clarissa Explains It All or Batman Beyond or whatever was yeah. big when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Their eyes light up. And like that'd be a great idea for a show. It's like there was no idea. I just mm-hmm. said the name of a property mm-hmm. that you're familiar with. 
and that makes me sad. There's something about like to me, I, I'm familiar with like I used uh, I went I went through a phase where I would buy old video games that I used to play when I was younger. Yes, I've mm-hmm. done and, this, and they're fucking terrible yes. compared to games now. But you want them to be great. You, know, you want them yeah. to be as great as you felt, and it spoils that game. So there's nothing worse than talking up some movie you liked as a kid and then somebody you that. know now watches it and it's like mm. oh god yeah you know the movie holiday inn with bing crosby <laughs> i was dating somebody who was like oh we, we used to watch holiday inn it's like this old 30s or no 40s movie mm-hmm. and there's a huge blackface sequence in the middle of the film that she just had forgotten about where right. they wear blackface because they're hiding from somebody so they perform in blackface for the sake of hiding right but this was in an era where people performed in blackface <laughs> that in itself was not weird right um and she was like, I totally forgot about this part in the middle of the movie. There's this really awkward, old, like super uncomfortable dated thing where Bing Crosby's in blackface. Oh, wow. Uh, singing a jazz number. Not meant, there was no malicious anger around it. It just says, well, this is a 1945 film. I like that idea of like that liter- that scenario, like a, like a first date. And like, yeah, we'll watch this favorite movie. And then like she puts that on. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I haven't watched this movie. It was just, and then she puts on another, like if you could find a string of movies that, <laughs> yeah. you know, had these it kind of like. It just offends everybody yeah, in the room yeah, with her like, yeah, over and over again. Yeah, the Confederacy yeah. was right. <laughs> like, oh my God, I didn't remember. This is really po- more yeah. political than I recall. Yeah. States rights. Yeah. It's like, have you listened to Eddie Murphy's old stand-up anytime in the last... Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was. It wasn't like... It was offensive then, but it's really gotten even more offensive. As like, I was watching on. and I was like, I was like, man, I don't think I can even I watched it a watch month it ago. now. It's yeah, what's, so what's the one with him in the red suit? Raw? Raw. Raw, yeah. yeah. That Delirious was and Raw are the two big ones. And oh, Raw is the red suit. Oh, Delirious oh, is... Delirious, they're both pretty offensive. Right. Delirious has all the fag stuff. Right, yeah. 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 And Raw has... Um, where he's doing Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor. I forget what's... Oh, that's like more anti-woman stuff. That's like, if you right. fuck your woman right, yeah. you can lie to her and she doesn't care. Right. And then the Delirious is like, faggots. Yeah, yeah. Love Delirious, whatever. that's the one I, th- I saw. Yeah, 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 I thought it was Raw, but yeah, Delirious is the one I saw recently. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't know. It's yeah. a little much. Yeah. That's the ice cream stuff is still good. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Kids really want ice cream. That segment, yeah. you get, yeah. That's a segment. That's a PG segment from Eddie's, Eddie's stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that there's something funny about just trying to find like I could just see someone like kind of going through an Eddie like an Eddie Murphy video and being like, Well, this is one we can watch and like having to like skip. I would definitely like, start racial find... stuff is always so hard to have it go over. So I, I would right. start with a racial one, but then I would go political intellectual to like get ahead of the audience. Like I would have it be like somebody in blackface be the first beat and be like, Oh god, I forgot. I forgot, you know, let's stop watching this. And then it goes on like, and it's a really, it's a political argument for the Confederacy. Mm -hmm. And then like, I never, I think I never watched this much of it. And then it's like, oh, there's, oh my God, there's plans on how to murder Kennedy. This is the murder of John F. Kennedy in this movie. I didn't, God, I I just remember the the singing. (laughs) I would, I would try to. Yeah, that's a lot of straight up racist stuff. Yeah, and you'd have to kind of go and just really blow it out into crazy town, especially if you're starting. I, I would just go more verbal and intellectual to sidestep it, I think. Okay. That's often what I do to soften stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to heighten it. Like, instead of having just, like, more and more racial caricatures enter the movie, mm-hmm. like, you know, step and fetch it, sort of um, old school butlers and maids 
Right. I'd be like, well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm in an area where I can't talk about it as authoritatively as other people. So right. Well, right. Like, well, the joke is, I would think, is not the joke is her perception of. Yeah, you remember this nostalgia. movie fondly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be racial. It can be right. It can whatever be is like not kosher for today's in today's world. Yeah. Right. Right. But what yeah, also it could was be like funny, gay panic stuff. Right. What also is funny is her like like say it's a movie that focuses solely on that issue yet she doesn't remember that as what the issue yeah. was you know what i'm saying like the main theme of the movie what would be like blackface mountain blackface, yeah right <laughs> and then she goes I, yeah exactly yeah. like i just like singing like, yeah, like yeah. how do you not remember this like you questioning her nostalgia or her memory could just do real stuff too like revenge of the nerds has like a rape scene in the middle that isn't portrayed as a rape it's like non you know a guy tricks a girl into having sex with him and right. she doesn't know who he is mm-hmm. and it's like hijinks in the movie right and Didn't they s- and they fall in love but then like it was like not till maybe 15 years later that we me and the original fans of the movie are like oh wait a minute oh that's a fucked up sequence <laughs> i didn't even think about yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah there's like a video of a guy basically saying he did that to a girl at dcm one year like as a monologue, like he wasn't even aware that what he had done. Have you seen that video? Yes, that he was like, or that he just like stalked somebody, went up to their room and wouldn't leave them alone or something like, like that. Like I think like his buddy was supposed to go on a date or something, and then he went into the guy's play like it was a Tinder date, some crazy thing where like he yeah, lied I remember to her that. About he was telling he was. the story. He was real proud of his story. Yeah, when he the audience was like not on his side. And like <laughs> you can just watch Besser's face getting darker like, oh, and darker and darker. And I mean, telling... I almost don't even totally believe the story. I think he was like playing it up for the audience, but who knows? Right, true, true yeah. or not, it was. It's a horrible story, but that's yeah. the kind of stuff that there's like a culture, mm-hmm. like a culture. Gap. <laughs> it's just so funny to me that he thought the story was gonna crush. <laughs> yeah, right. I got, I got a good one. Like that to me is so funny. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's one of your real life like slice of life kind of moments. I just thought things. this story yeah. would really. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Those are hard to make funny. That is yeah. very hard. Yeah. The only way, like maybe if he's telling it to a cop, like it's like a he's like admitting a crime to a cop, but like as a like he thinks it's a funny. Bit. He's trying to get out of a speeding ticket by telling a funny story, and he's yeah. just admitting more stuff. Yeah, he's like, yeah. you're just. It's yeah, just bad, I don't man. know. That's hard. Mm. See, this is why I'm going to be the worst guest you ever had. No, no a lot this of my is sketch great. pitching this is, great, is like. Saying no to a million things, unfortunately. But that's, that's what that's what you got to do, right? Or else yeah. you're gonna write about like a that's whole true. bunch of crap. That's true. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. That's if I didn't have done. someone tell me no a lot, I would write some pretty bad sketches. And what do you guys then, think about walkie-talkies? I feel like walkie-talkies I, are a real dated. Term. I uh, yeah. I well, it made me think. It's funny because it made me think of CB radios. And when I was in high school, I had a CB radio in my truck, and it was like a weird thing that we would. It was before cell phones or before we had cell phones. So I would talk to my other buddies via CB. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, in my truck. Like, they, had, they also had CBs? They also had with antennas, and it was like whoever had the longer antenna was cooler. You know, it was like very... That's crazy. I mean, you yeah. had CB radios. Yeah. That is real vintage stuff you yeah, had. Yeah, I just, for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, I want a CB radio. It was just cool. Well, and I had a speaker. From Florida, right? From Florida, right. So, I had a speaker, like a PA system in my truck, and I would yell at people. Like, <laughs> like, you know, my buddy my had that same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I always remember we would go on, you know, cause there's different, how CBs work. They, it's just like a radio station. You have different frequencies at which you can chat with 
other people and if they're on the same frequency that's how you can communicate well we would go on frequencies that we know like certain truck companies would use okay and just be like hey boys <laughs> <laughs> like we're a bunch of teenage girls in the walmart parking lot and they're like can you guys switch stations and be like yeah, no yeah. we want you to come over here and have it's such a funny with technology where they can't stop you <laughs> yeah they can't do anything and we like, were, it's not like an email you're allowed to just type in somebody else's Right. You, you can't interrupt somebody's email with your email, but right. CB is just like an open field. Right. And there's actually a horror movie. So we stopped doing this once we watched some horror film where kids were doing what we were doing and this trucker tracked them down and killed them. Yeah. And there's a feature on a CB radio that if you look, it has intensity of signal. So the closer you are to the person that you're talking to, the more so the theoretically needle, so they theoretic, could like kind you could, of could you know like in the there's it's no a bit way of a stretch. it's such a stretch. But in the movie, and I was dumb and young enough to be like, all right, well, I guess this could potentially happen. Well, if you know the area, you could know like okay, there's only so many places these people. Yeah, could and I'll be. start to narrow it down. Yeah, right. right. But we were in the Walmart parking lot, <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. I love that you had a CB. I love the idea of the trucker stuff just being cool. Like, to me, it's so... It was such a weird era to have all that be in fashion. Yeah, and be I... like, d- I know how we're going to win these kids over. Trucker stuff. <laughs> just like someone who's real out of touch with what's going to be cool. I think it's like... Well, it had to be based around the shows, right? The shows made it popular. Yeah. Well, like, like dads, band. right? Right. Because well, dads sort of try to tell kids... Like, my dad bought me trucks. Like, he wanted me to be like him. Okay, yeah. You know, so maybe like... Trucks and cars are always big with uh, dudes. Yeah. Not, maybe not us, but like... Yeah, not, not this guy. It's not uncommon for kids to like cars and trucks. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's your way in. But I just remember... Are there still truck movies? No, right? There's not like truck and shows. Fast and Furious. Yeah, oh, the, well, there is furious. like Ice Road Truckers. Oh, like, yeah. That's a, oh, yeah. That's a show. You know, they so do that's not about show, trucks. Right? That's right. about like crazy shit people do. Yeah, but that's, that, that's another... Yeah, yeah. It's like... You know, reality TV show for redneck or not rednecks, but like Red blue Nets. collar truckers. Yeah, I don't want to call them rednecks because I feel like I can because I'm <laughs> I'm of that culture. Yeah, I can yeah. call people rednecks, um, but I don't think like a, they're not they're it's not a label of pride for some people. Yeah, yeah you know, it depends how you're using it. I think. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, they're not like Hollywood eyesed, as I would call it. Like, there's not a Smokey and the Bandit equivalent movie you know they did what was the one um that they recently did uh where just it's not recently it was i was still dukes of hazard dukes of hazard right Mm. with jessica simpson yeah yep like they did that they rebooted that i don't know how well or good that movie did that did not do great yeah but it wasn't a good movie jessica simpson's believe it or not is not a great actress (laughs) (laughs) surprise i think that it was like johnny knoxville and stifler i think were the stars of uh Oh, Sean man. Scott, whatever his name is. Right. There's yeah. something funny about whoever did that casting. <laughs> get Stifler. Get Stifler. Get Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need to get the guy that Stifler, yeah. and then we need to get a stunt man. Yeah. Listen to this casting I got. Yeah. I got Stifler and a guy who's good at electrocuting his own balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shoot bottle rockets out of his asshole. Oh, this guy's audition yeah. tape was yes. out of this world. He fired three bottle rockets out of his asshole. He set his own chest hair on fire. <laughs> yeah, he cut his dick off and sewed it back yeah. off. I mean, it you was know? incredible. We got, yeah, I knew in 10 beer seconds. Out of his own ass. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. I love that guy. I knew right away. I know I, I had Stifler, so this movie's half in the bag. <laughs> I just needed a guy who could electrocute his own butt hair. 
and not, and then boom, yeah, we got it. And then I want to see that same sketch. The script writes itself. Six months later, when they're like, I can't believe this movie wasn't a box office smash. How much yeah. money did it make? No dollars. <laughs> Hold on, people. no dollars. All tickets were refunded. But Jackass, Jackass was top ten though, right? That, w- that would be kind of strange. Like Johnny Knoxville was in Jackass at that time, and that was like yeah. huge, huge, huge movie. movie. They did three One of the Jackass. Things, yeah, yeah. I went to see Jackass instead of. Um, some Michael Moore documentary, Fahrenheit 9-11. Or Bowling for Yeah. Oh, Bowling for Columbine. Brian, yeah. I went to Jackass instead. They were like right <laughs> next to each other in the marquee, and I looked at Bowling for Columbine, looked at Jackass, and I walked right into Jackass. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't man. think Bowling for Columbine is a good movie to see in a theater. I was like, it's too heavy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a lot of people. I love They dress up as old men riding in shopping carts down hills. I love watching The Office where... I don't. Do you watch The Office? The uh, yeah, sure, yeah. American, where Michael Scott, he's going to go get his job back because um, they're firing all the Dunder Mif- or the Scranton people, and they go to uh, the CEO's house, and he goes, "We're going to do it Michael Moore style, bowling for Columbine." Although there wasn't a lot of bowling in that movie, are you? Like, <laughs> through a loop, like he thought he was going to a bowling, like a kingpin style, <laughs> <laughs> and so he was so surprised. Yeah. Uh, yeah really I never funny. saw Bowling for Columbine. Me either. Oh, yeah. it's uh, one of the, it's a very good documentary. Yeah. Yeah. You're it's a like, doc guy. I'm a doc guy. I've seen a lot of docs. Yeah. I love, and I'm a sucker for documentaries that make you cry. Like I'm Really? A, like, yeah. I'm a sucker for, if you can, because I'm not a big, like, emotional kind of guy, so if you can, like, suck me in with a story and make me fall in love with people, mm-hmm. uh, He's crying right now. Yeah, you can really get me. And so, like, Dear Zachary is a great one for that. No, I'm never watching that again. Oh, you watched it? Okay. I mean, that's the most insane story I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but it's an amazing film, yeah? Yeah, it's real powerful. Uh, I don't recommend it unless you like feeling like garbage for the rest of your life. I think I got 5% more sad permanently after watching that movie. Dude, the bar dropped forever but if you want to see how, how to I tell a story yes it's a it's a really compelling film yeah i don't recommend it i highly recommend <laughs> it's it. it's an amazing film it's amazing quality it, yeah. the storytelling is incredible i don't recommend what's it that, what's <laughs> the story about now oh my god <laughs> um, so oh, the initial story is that a guy uh died mm-hmm. while his um a guy's uh, murdered a guy's murdered uh before his son is born okay and so his friend the son's name is Zachary, makes a film called Dear Zachary to explain what his dad was like and goes and mm-hmm. interviews all his friends. And that's, that's already that, heartbreaking. That's yeah. heartbreaking. Right. And that's one-tenth as sad as it gets. Oh, that's a God. fucking... That's like the... That's the first beat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. And then it just gets... I like, sad, I, like, I like a sad movie every now and then just to like check me back in with like, I think I have problems. I don't have shit problems compared to like there's real struggles people have. Yeah. You know, I have, I have like my problems, which are, you know, they're not all that bad in the scheme of things. You it know? is funny when you meet somebody with way worse problems than you and you were like just bitching about something yeah. small. Yeah. And then they talk about something horrible they're going through and you're like, oh, Christ. Yeah. yeah. I've seen sketches like that before and they do, or the ones I've seen, I can't recall exactly the specifics, but like there's always that one Debbie Downer who like, like all, like, you know, doubles down on their, you know, the, the way There's they say inadvertent it. urge to one up. Yeah. You don't mean to, mm-hmm. right? 
My mother died when I was young, and on Mother's Day once, somebody was like, what are you doing for Mother's Day? And I was like, oh, my mother's dead. And he's like, oh, God, I'm sorry. And there was like a pause, and he goes, my brother has bone cancer. <laughs> like, he just <laughs> brought up a sad thing in his life. And I, like, wasn't mad. I was like, no, dude, I, it's cool. Like, I didn't, you know, it's, the holiday That's trapped us into awkward small talk. <laughs> Oh man! Oh my God! And like even like this dude, I was like, I can't. I don't want to talk to you about whatever you're. I don't want either of us to talk to each yeah, other about yeah, this. Yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah. That is. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a. Pl- I don't know I, how you would make that a sketch. I don't right. know either. Maybe the location, or just the, the character that like he thinks that somehow going to see documentaries is the way to reset his clock. Mm-hmm. Like the way yeah. he like. I don't know if that's a, like that's probably a character thing. Mm-hmm. Well, no, yeah, I could definitely see a character sketch where a guy, you know, is like Monday at the office, and he's just like, "Oh God, oh, so, what's the documentary called?" Zach, Dear Zachary, yeah. yeah, watch Dear Zach. Now I'm at, now I'm back at square zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I've been humbled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've been watching a lot of porn, so I had to, <laughs> you know, really check back in with my moral compass. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know if that's... Um, I don't know. Walkie-talkies make me think about uh, working construction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I worked... Uh, my dad made me... Well, made me, I guess. Technically, didn't make me. Um, worked, started working construction when I was like 14. And, okay. Uh, so I did that until I was like 24. Mm. Like foundation repair. And then um, uh, we had this uh, friend of the family. His name was Mike Combs. And he had like a, a sprinkler irrigation company. And they were like, and me, and my like my dad's company was just like a bunch of like ragtag. Like my dad's like super like normal, but he would hire me and my friends, so we're all like dumb stoners, you know. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and so we're just like fucking everything up. And uh, Mike Combs, his he was like he was a like nobody. Uh, he was a very hyperactive person, and uh, um, one might say he was like very uh, meth addict esque in his like running around really fast yes but he uh was so he was like very on everything right so his crew versus ours was very different and they had these walkie talkies and they would like do like competitions for like who could dig the fastest and um my nephew was the fastest digger he could dig a trench faster than anybody <laughs> i've ever seen in my life <laughs> and he was so proud of it and i mean it it, it is impressive yeah like mm-hmm. if you're in that situation sure, i'm yeah. not sure when you'd ever need that skill outside of like sprinkler heading stuff. <laughs> but Probably. even then you don't, it's not up against the clock. You well, know but I mean, if you can get like three jobs done in a day because you've oh, got okay. like this super fast trencher, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, that's the whole job. So if you can, you get a guy that can trench faster than anybody, you're making money. Construction Olympics is funny to me. Like, yeah, you know, something about like, so they had, they would like, they would like, very compete. specific skills. Yeah, very specific. Yeah, like yeah. I guess there was like because um, we did a lot of I beams, and I I've heard that there were like I beam competitions, and we would always be like we should enter these I beam competitions because we're great, right? and we'd all be like wait we're all just dumb stoners. We're yeah. not gonna, we're not, why would we do that? Yeah. But like just heard, handling and installing I beams. Yeah, like big um, an I beam. Do you know what an I beam is? Like I a, can picture it. Yeah, it's metal steel things like, like a capital it's like your classic yeah. girder. Yeah. And but like not the big ones they put in like a ceiling. Like they're small. They're like four inches. Oh, okay. And then they go against foundation walls, and you can put them in the in the ground. Oh, okay. And in, the, in the ceiling top or uh, whatever those are called, the rafters or whatever. Okay. But in the basement. Okay. Yeah, and then it holds the wall steady so the wall doesn't come in oh. from the like 
settling like a of, reinforcement thing. Yeah. So your house doesn't collapse. Hmm. But you can put them in. And we were very fast at it. But, like, I'm sure most people that do it for a long time are very fast at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Guided job interview is special skill is trench digging. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying to make that work. Yeah. Olympics, where they're just... I mean, trench digging is such a specific jargon terminology. I don't know. I don't what know. if he goes to like a uh, funeral home place? Like, listen. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I'm super fast at digging these holes. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig them faster than people can die. <laughs> like, well, we don't. We're. It's but like the you, but the holes you're digging are only yeah. six inches wide and like eight inches deep. We need yeah, giant yeah. six foot deep holes. <laughs> yeah. And well, well, they could be like, we have a we have a backhoe for that. Like. Have you ever heard of Buffalo Bill and the, what was that guy who did the, uh, there was a jackhammer, steam jackhammer versus the guy. John Henry. John Henry, right? That, John Henry with the hand axe. Hand, hand he, axe. He chops through the mountain. Right. With the steam, racing the steam engine. Racing the steam this engine. This isn't a true story, right? This is a folk, folk tale. tale. Okay. Yeah. Good. Paul Bunyan-esque yeah. Paul Bunyan. folk okay. tale. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. John Henry wins, but then he dies. He dies. He beats the engine, but then he has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> that's such that's a the story. Horrible story. The, the it stays mo- with you. You're a fan of Deer Zachary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, Fair this isn't sad enough for you. <laughs> yeah. There's a little more twists that are I, even more devastating. As a little kid watching that, wasn't he blue or something? Like, no, that's the that's the ox. Babe the Blue Ox. Babe the Blue Ox. I wa- I once watched a movie though where they combined all the folk tales into one story. <laughs> <laughs> like Pame the Blue Ox, Paul Bunyan, John Henry, like yeah, know, getting off track, but yeah, I got, I want to figure out what movie that was. <laughs> <laughs> this is my problem as a sketch writer. This was always my problem. Is I get what I would I would do a sketch of a guy trying to remind, trying to get you to remember some cartoon. I mean, I, I wrote this sketch <laughs> right. with a friend of mine, and it's so funny to me. People trying to get you to remember something you've never seen and you just yeah. from the sound of it is like it's insane like there's no way that could you must be remembering it wrong uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like no no it's like they combined all the folk tales they did get it and it's like blue he's blue it's like what do you mean he's blue john henry's blue and like and like he's tall also but he still has trouble digging it's like he's all one guy yeah I remember it's like what are you talking about <laughs> And he's like super out of like his. He's a, but he's also like a uh, what do they call the guy? Like a logger. Yeah. So he's like out yeah, of his yeah. element. Of these yeah. ideas, okay. I also like the idea of somebody really wanting to tell you about their sad documentary and you not wanting to hear it. It's like, no, man, I don't want to hear about the documentary. You watch the saddest things. Yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah. I got. I have to tell somebody about it. this story. It's like, no. I mean, you could just summarize the plot of Dear Zachary in a sketch to somebody and it would just shatter that person. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost think I would use it because like it's such a sad story. I don't know if I could come up with you a better one. You can't come up with a better one. Yeah. It's Yeah, I don't want to spoil it on the podcast. I I'll tell you the truth, I actually stopped watching it because it made me so sad, so I didn't see the ending. And then I told a friend of mine that I had stopped watching it, and then she just told me the ending, and I was like, "Thank God. Thank God I stopped watching." Oh man. So you didn't even get so it gets worse. Oh, dude, oh, that's my nothing. wife. Yeah, that, you, that, that is nothing. Well, yeah. hold on. Isn't the point of a documentary to be somewhat like heartfelt and like you know? Yeah, but like have uplifting? some reason. I mean, this is crazy, dude. <laughs> dude, but you got to remember that this all—it's he started making a documentary and these things happened after he'd started. It wasn't like yeah. he set out to make this crazy documentary. He didn't know the story he was tackling. Yeah, it was. It just, happened while he was making it. That most and a lot of really good documentaries are like that. They actually start making one thing and then they happen upon this other story. 
that just ends up being way more crazy than what... I would try to force a sketch out of a guy who tells everyone in his office he doesn't want to hear any more summaries of sad things ever. (laughs) No more sad documentaries. Doesn't want to hear about 12 Years a Slave. Anything that makes him uncomfortable, he doesn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's not a traditional sketch premise. But it is. Like, I mean, but it's I would very build, funny. I would, be, I would build a set piece out of a guy. I would just heighten the guy. Just mm-hmm. be, he would just freak out. He just can't handle it. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, the game would be him. Yeah. Like, everybody, I think, has a little piece of, like, I'm, I'm not in the mood for right. that sad thing right now. But it's most people, relatable. it's like, maybe another time. Oh, it sounds like it could be good. That's right. the normal right. reaction. This dude is drawing a hard line no yeah no no more sad no more sad <laughs> life is bad enough i don't want to yeah. hear any people in here tell me about these sad things that you all watch right. stop it right. so and what does a heighten to does a hide to his does he end screaming? up just screaming until yeah. he's so sad well, and i he's feel like, like someone hands him a reese's cup and he just freaks out like something like it gets to the point where or whatever yeah yeah, yeah yeah where it's like it does it's it's there's things that he's he's now connecting everything to something sad and has like a meltdown. Right. You know. That's funny. Yeah, that's something funny about that. That's a good character piece. I mean, he'd have to. For, I mean, he would have to somehow have to watch Sophie's Choice in order to. We'd have to contrive a reason for him to have to watch something sad. I yeah. Know, I don't know what. And why was everybody talking about it? Like, well, yeah. Well, it yeah. could be like you're around the. That's. I always go to the office because that's stupid and i work in an office so that's what my brain but i could i could picture someone being like um so i watched that movie you recommended bob <laughs> you know <laughs> thanks a lot thanks a lot you fucking i had no guy. idea that 12 years of slave was gonna be so set you didn't you didn't have any idea i didn't know yeah 12 years is like great he's finished and he goes back to his normal life i didn't yeah. know that it was gonna be such a bummer yeah i thought it was post-slavery bob <laughs> I it was 12 years he was a slave for 12 years and then and we then got the to see what starts. happened after yeah. yeah yeah start in the middle bob <laughs> that's really yeah. funny i think we could do that yeah i think that'd be one yeah yeah um i like what else Trench digging. I'd, I would like a guy who was always trying to work his trench digging into whatever situation's happening. Maybe mm-hmm. we do a little trench digging then. Mm-hmm. Like I like a guy who always makes it about. Oh, that's funny. His yeah. own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, desert Gavin, island. You know, what skills do we have? Somebody's a hunter. Somebody's is this. Like a dig trench is fast. He's like, yeah. could, could cool. just, that could maybe be good. There yeah. might be chances. Okay, so who's gonna gather some food? Here's what I think. We dig a big trench. <laughs> <laughs> Right to the woods. Make our path a lot easier. We don't need yeah. a trench. Uh, we'll just go to the woods and start gathering food. Then get some fresh water. Water in the ground. I got it. I'll trench it up, see if I can find some fresh water. <laughs> no, we're going to build a distillation system. Yeah. This is an island. You're not gonna, if you di- you'll just find salt water if you, if you dig. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm. Well, we're going to need a government. Places to vote. I'll build a trench around where if you go in this area, we vote for you for president. And it's like, we don't need a society. Yeah. There's five of us. Yeah. And we can just vote with our hands. <laughs> yeah, we don't need yeah, a trench at all to vote. Um, you know who gets uh, someone, I was going to say, someone could die. <laughs> yeah. Be like, uh, okay, now, now we need you. Now we need you. <laughs> uh, but anybody refuses sorry, to do it because he's dig, been yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I don't dig graves. Yeah, I don't yeah. dig graves. Only, only trenches. trenches. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be for pipes and drainage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grave is much deeper and wider. Yeah. My trench is narrow, too narrow for yeah. this body. It'd be, yeah. it'd be disrespectful. Right. I'll dig a trench to the grave. If somebody wants to dig a grave, <laughs> I'll dig a trench so that we can like wheel his body there. <laughs> if you make a wheelbarrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, funny. Yeah, that's funny. You know Gavin Spiler? Spiler. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's actually he's teaching a class right now that I'm taking um, about finding your own voice. And, oh, yeah. and one of the things that he has us do, an exercise he has us do frequently, like different variations of, is how to take this one crazy concept and force it into conversations. 
(laughs) (laughs) So like, he'll just give us like an insane thing to talk about. Like, I think he's like, it's like, I think cats talk when we're not around. I think that they talk to each other in English (laughs) and then he'll just have us be like, okay, now talk about, you know, uh, football so we'll just be having a conversation about like football (laughs) but then he'll clap his hands and wherever you are in the conversation one of you has to force that into the conversation (laughs) and make it seem natural as possible yeah and that's kind of what this reminds me of it's like how can you take this sort and not even that crazy but just like pretty specific yeah very Mm -hmm. specific sort of non-necessary thing and force it into a conversation Mm -hmm. it's very funny when it works and when it doesn't work it's you see it coming and it's hard. Mm-hmm. But if you can find those right moments to like, like you were doing with like the, well, I can't dig a grave, but I can dig a trench to a grave. Like that's perfect. Yeah. That's very funny. You know, for the CB one where you're talking over the CB thing, these are all people listening. will be like, I never want Will Hines to direct my sketch because <laughs> he will just neuter the funny right out of it into these little conversations. However, mm-hmm. I would have a bunch of teenagers on a CB, like doing pranks or whatever. And the truckers, Tell them to get off, and they won't. So then some trucker makes an impassioned argument for, like, the importance of the economy of trucking and, like, how <laughs> crucial it is and how much you're disrupting it. And then another trucker is like, we shouldn't even use CB. Like, I want to see it within the sketch the institution of CB radios end. Right. Like, the moment <laughs> right. somebody challenges the idea, it's just removed from society. It's like, let's just use this other technology. Right. Like, let's just done. use... Uh... Cell phones. Just use cell phones. Uh, yeah, like yeah, we yeah. can just make it one to one connection, and like that's pretty easy. Right. Yeah. You find out it's 2017. What year is it? <laughs> oh shit. Oh my god. Yeah. I gotta get. I've home. been living in this truck camper <laughs> for the last. You know the sleeper, the sleeper thing. That's there's something funny about that to me. Like you know how you, you always see these guys that like uh maybe you don't always see this, but like I feel you like always do. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a trope of that's like. Fact. A guy that was like living like on an island and didn't know it for like fifty years or whatever. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, that's a trope, right, right. So what about like the guy that just was like stuck in the like he got lost in the seventies or the eighties? Like it's not that different, but it's just different enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, like from CBs to cell phones. Uh huh. I like that. He doesn't know about. You, uh, you got to get ahead of it, I think, because people. So I think like if it's CBs and then. CB cell phones is the first one, and the next one is like VHS to internet. Mm-hmm. The next one I think has to be. I mean, I'm going to go like intellectual again. Like he didn't realize about like I don't know the acceptance of gay rights or something <laughs> like some mm-hmm. societal cultural thing, or it's like right, mm-hmm. like things that like. But you're just that's just being a dick. Like yeah, that should I mean, have been, a, how about no longer having out. to ask for somebody's hand in marriage? Maybe he didn't realize that was gone, like a real <laughs> specific thing that doesn't even... It's yeah. like, you don't have to ask for the dad the de- for you. Well, you can do it, but no one really does it anymore. Fuck, man, it's all... No CB radio, internet, and you don't have to ask <laughs> for somebody's hand in marriage? Maybe that third like one's Pluto, like... Pluto, Pluto's... Pluto's no not a planet? planet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like what? That. Yeah. <laughs> Like, don't, hey, don't, don't open dwarf that Dwarf planets. <laughs> dwarf planets. Yeah. Don't open that up. I got my weed in there. I'm like, weed's legal now. Like, what are you worried about? You could even go, you could even go the opposite. We'd be like, uh, the, uh, the sun doesn't orbit around the earth. Like, that didn't happen anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah never. never no one ever believed that. Yeah, really. no they stopped believing that. that in like the 1500s, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're what? just a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could be one of, uh, one of the beats. Or you flip it. 
you do see this maybe won't work you do cbs first and we think it's going to be that sketch because we've seen that one before Mm -hmm. but instead he's all these things from the 70s that are actually worse now Mm -hmm. it's like oh that's funny like landline telephones are better than cell phones right so it's this is my friend's one of my my friend neil casey rants about this a lot but it's true like land like phone technology in a lot of ways was better in the 70s at least the quality of the connection mm-hmm. you, you weren't you were limited to where you could make phone calls but mm-hmm. once you had somebody on the phone it was better right so and i also feel like television shows were less politically correct in the 70s like they talked about like norman lear shows addressed a lot of racial issues mm-hmm. pretty head on mm-hmm. like the jeffersons and like good times mm-hmm. they would but, talk about like white stuff black stuff Less beating around the bush, yeah, more it was straight pretty direct. to the point. Right. Not that they had it figured out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as I was gonna say, if we do this sketch where like C you know if we do this sketch where the first beat is this trucker's using CBs and he's out of touch because he doesn't know. But then everything else that he's out of touch with actually was better in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like there's no AIDS in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So and they had the pill and they didn't know about the bad effects of the pill. So like so you could almost make an argument that like views of sexual uh, your relationship to the idea of sex was more relaxed in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Sort of bend it that way. Um, I feel like the person doing that... Jimmy Carter was elected president, so you had a born-again Christian, nice person president that everybody respected. Right. Uh, even if he didn't agree with his politics or his administration, there's almost no one who would say that Jimmy Carter was like a bad person. Mm-hmm. You might say he was a bad president, but you'd... you'd be really hard to make the argument that the Sunday school teacher that got elected president was like a bad dude. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Especially after Nixon. Right. Right. So he could just talk about like that, how we've escaped the time when people don't, when people disrespect the presidency or whatever. It's like, oh, fuck. Don't, we don't, don't listen to us anymore. Yeah. Stay in your bubble. <laughs> Who would like, so you would choose a, would you choose a character from that time? I'd have a kid be doing pranks. 2017, right. two kids yeah. at home, CB radio, doing pranks, truckers voiceover off stage, mm-hmm. And uh, he's living in 2017. He just somehow has ignored all the advances in technology. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I'd get there. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd yeah. do it. We could figure it out. He could, just, there's could, always a way there. He's in 2017. He's, he's stopped paying attention to politics after like mm-hmm. some 19. newspaper like stopped publishing or something. So he still thinks Carter's president. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I don't know. My dad's the exact opposite of that. He never paid attention. Remember my dad growing up, he'd be like, don't vote. It's useless. I don't know why you'd ever do that. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, he um, hates Trump so much. Mm. Um, but he's, it's insane. Like, he he has a journal that he gets up in every morning and watches CNN and writes down every crazy thing that Trump says. Jesus. Like, he was telling me about it. And I was like, I thought he was just making a joke. That's a pretty funny guy. So I was like, oh, he's probably just making some weird yeah, it's exaggerating joke. or something. And then I asked my mom. She's like, no, he gets up every morning. And my mom does not tell jokes. He gets up every morning <laughs> and uh, writes in his journal the crazy things that Trump said the day before or whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah, like he hates him. That's interesting. Why couldn't he just go online and copy and paste everything? My dad does not do the internet. Yeah. he's My dad's seven, what, 77. My dad, or yeah, my dad's 70, just turned 77. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never seen a president so polarizing. Like, the passions that he stirs up mm. one way or the other are, it's amazing. Yeah. And this is, I've like, in Nebraska. So, like, it's not like my dad's, like, super, like, a super diehard liberal. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Yeah. I just looked at the, they had a chart today on Reddit, where Reddit, 
page posted to a website that looked at the approval ratings of presidents, you know, throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's crazy. Both Bushes started high, ended real low. Like junior, um, got lower than his dad, but his dad was the lowest, um, for X amount of years since they've been, you know, I don't Mm. know how long they've gone back to approval ratings, but Nixon started high. He went down, but almost all the presidents start at, People think they're better than the last person. And yeah, then, they won the election, yeah, right, right? And then it takes four years for people to realize they're the same fucking yeah, person. Same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Trump just started low, and it's probably gonna. They didn't have Trump Trump's stats polarized on really because yeah. like some people, he has a low approval rating because the people don't like him, hate him so much, so much mm-hmm. that they they drag it down. But I think it's the same number of people generally approving, generally disapproving. It's just the passion's oh. higher. Yeah, that might be. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Like if, like if Democrats hated George W. Bush, they didn't hate him as much as they hate Trump. So like they'd be like, on a one to ten, how do you approve of George W. Bush? They'd say four. Mm-hmm. But for Trump, they're like fucking zero. zero. <laughs> yeah, can we go negative? <laughs> so yeah. it's the same number of people doing doing it, that, yes. but like yeah. that makes right. the number lower. Right, right. right. Uh, I actually haven't read too much about that, but I read one article. I I always look for news that moderates data so i i might i'm biased when i pay attention to that i don't do you, trust anything do you yeah. um ever there's a do you ever go on reddit yes uh, ba- uh r backslash whatever it is data is beautiful yes i have gone there it's a cool little thing Yeah, i love that yeah it's very interesting i wish you'd do a sketch about pretty data yeah <laughs> i haven't yeah. got away yet um yeah that'd be great um cool i feel like there's a plenty of stuff there's in plenty there. of stuff okay. yeah thank yeah, you so that much was so great oh, you're that was great. That was absolutely great and now, this is the third phase, okay. and this is going to be fun, because we've never done this before. We've wanted to, but um, someone actually sent in a sketch. Okay. His name is Matt Newcomb. Um, oh, they're already there. Yeah, you one. I got one okay. over here. Okay, we're going to read he, this? He sent me, yeah, we'll read it. Um, he sent me an email, and he said, uh, would you please read my sketch and give and uh, critique it or whatever, give me ideas. That's nice of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Um. It's he wrote it in a UCB two hundred one class. He All didn't right. say if it's LA or New York or who his teacher was or anything, so I don't know. Okay. Just UCB two hundred one, and uh, I'll he, try to guess. <laughs> and he um, wants to uh, uh, he really focus on the ending, but obviously we'll do whatever we need. Okay, but that's yeah. he wants notes on the ending. Yeah, specifically yeah, about the ending. Yeah. I'm bad at the ending, Matt, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. All right, uh, so I'll read stage. Okay. We have uh, a, there's three characters: wife, husband, and drone hunter, and there's three of us, so it's perfect. Okay, I'll be wife. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll be husband. You should be drone hunter. Okay. He's a character. You do characters really okay, well. Okay, I'll be drone hunter, I okay. guess. I I'll guess be, I do characters well. I'll be husband. I'll do okay. stage two. Exterior, drone hunter shack. A husband and wife approach the door of a shack in the woods. Oh my God, I can't believe people still live like this here in the year 2038. Don't worry, honey. I'll, I'll handle this guy. Husband knocks on the door. The drone hunter answers, wearing camouflage and carrying a shotgun. All right. Who are you two? Uh, we're your neighbors from the new development up the road. We got our son Jimmy a toy drone for Christmas, and he lost contact with it somewhere over here. We were wondering if you knew anything about it. I seem to recall seeing a little flying fellow like that a few hours ago. He reaches into the shack, pulls out a small quadcopter mounted to a piece of wood like a hunter's trophy. Here we are. I just finished mounting a few minutes ago. Did you shoot down our son's drone? Ma'am, I shoot down every drone I can get my sights on. That's how I've been surviving out here all these years. Buzzing sound passes by. Shh, there's one now. Drone hunter aims his gun to the sky and fires. Pizza box falls from the sky. What was that? Looks like I backed me a pizza drone. 
Kids, supper's here. Two children dressed in clothing made of cardboard boxes and bubble wrap run out of the house, cheering as they grab the pizza box open and look disappointed. Ew, pineapple. Pineapple. And now, now, haven't I taught you better than that? You should thank that pizza drone for its sacrifice. Thank you for your sacrifice, sacrifice pizza, pizza drone. drone. Kids go back inside with their pizza box. So you didn't order that pizza? It ain't sportsmanlike if you order it on your own. Are your kids wearing boxes from drones you've shut down? Is that really all you live off of? Yeah, if I tried to use all the parts of the drone, it's just part of my hunter's coat. Ever since their mother died, it's all we've had. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, she was killed by a drone. See, honey, I told you the government was using drones to target U.S. citizens. Uh, uh, no, she, she tried to ride one off a cliff, but it couldn't hold her weight. Another buzzing sound is heard. The drone hunter takes aim and shoots again. Cardboard Amazon box falls from the sky. A hunter rips open the box. Ah, shoot. Just another copy of The Art of the Deal. <laughs> That stuff's not yours, you know? Honey, this explains why we never get any of our packages. I've had to report so many missing packages that Amazon won't deliver to us anymore. Now I have to get my self-driving car to take me to the store to pay with my Bitcoin wallet and electronic kiosk <laughs> like some person from the 1900s. I'm just living off the land. It ain't my fault if I'm just, uh, just more in tune with nature than you are. Flapping sound is heard overhead. A hunter takes aim again and shoots. Duck falls from the sky and picks it up. Well, shoot. What the hell am I supposed to do with this? Useless to him, so he throws the duck away. You know, you're just stealing other people's stuff. The drones belong to all of us. That one says property of Amazon on it. You have to stop shooting down drones. Oh, I've got a plan already for that. Already in the works. Here, let me show you folks something. Hunter runs aside, comes up pulling a wagon with a large object covered with a tarp on it. What's this supposed to be? This is my biggest catch so far. Pulls back the tarp, reveals a nuclear warhead with Chinese writing on it. I've already found myself a buyer for whatever this thing is. They're going, they're, they're going to pay me enough so I might finally be able to retire. Blackout. Hey. Good you, job, Matt. Thanks, yeah. Matt. Thanks, Matt. That was great. So. All right, ending. I think you're out is the duck. I don't think you need the weapon. The duck is sort of like a, re- it's a pretty good reverse mm. of what's been going on. I think you could heighten that a little bit and go out. Like, shoot, like, a prize-winning game duck. Like, just like a Christmas... Like a teal or a, or a, a greenhead. Yeah. Or a greenie. I used to duck hunt. Somewhere in there, oh. I think, is your out. Wood duck. Yeah. I'm assuming this has to be a video sketch. You yeah. could maybe... Oh, no, you could do this on stage for sure. You, you know, he shoots to... and then have someone... I was someone... just going to say, I'm talking to yeah. Jeremiah, though. Can yeah, the yeah. average person do this no, on stage? No, I would throw You're everything over the stage. for crying out Yeah, I think you could do it on stage. I would throw everything out. Okay. You know, just have him toss it like he... Points and then someone throws it. Okay. Yeah. On the okay. Stage. I think you could. Yeah. Um. Uh, I can't think of another out. If it, if you don't if you don't like the duck one, because the missile feels like plot to me. It's heightening stakes, but it doesn't heighten the absurdity. Like, if you could, it's less. It's pretty crazy, in a good way to hunt pizza boxes. It's pretty crazy in a good way to not want to hunt game. But hunting a, and stealing a nuclear weapon and then selling it actually makes more sense than other things he does. So I think that's a de-heightening of absurdity. Well, and also like the the logistics of in me, which is weird because I'm, you know, because of who I am, I guess. But shooting a warhead is something that I was like, one, how would, that doesn't even make logical sense. Like you can't even yeah. justify it logically because one it explode. I like, could forgive. Yeah, the, yeah. I could forgive the logic of it. I just think like it's one of the, it's a common thing I see. The stakes went up, but the absurdity went down. It's less crazy for him to want to do that. 
you need he needs to be something like the wife riding off the cliff on a drone is a great example of absurdity going up. Mm-hmm. That's right. a great beat. Mm-hmm. But the nuclear weapon makes too much sense in a sort of way. I mean, I don't know where he's going to sell it. Blah blah blah. But it like. Mm-hmm. There's more rationality in that plan than dressing his kids up in pizza boxes. So he's making more sense there. He oh, right, right. I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. He should, make he less, should be making less, less sense. sense. Right. Should, the, absurd, the absurdity goes up. That's why the duck is funny because it's completely not right. living off the land. The absurdity of him not using a legit means to provide for your family is absurd. I think a drone should... He should maybe think the drones are learning... Like he gets more scared of them or something like that. Like the drone comes into view, is like it's tracking us. Like, but it's not. No, never mind. That doesn't work. What if it's? What if he chooses not to shoot a particular drone? Like one comes over. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Why and would he, a hunter not shoot game? You wouldn't shoot a bald eagle. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's something about like, yeah, respect for the craft. Here's I mean, that I, could be a beat though. That doesn't necessarily have to be the ending. Here's what I wish I could ask him: Is like, where does the idea come from? Like mm. what, when, because that that often guides me to know like where to heighten it. Like, I what was he saying. thinking about? And also, does it need to be in the future? This could all take place now, I think, or mm-hmm. next year. Next year, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could just make it twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. and she could still make her Bitcoin joke. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying nineteen hundred, she'd be like, "What is this? Twenty like ten? <laughs> yeah, just, you know, because mm-hmm. stuff has changed so fast. Mm-hmm. That's small. That's a small change." I'm not. I, do you, uh, how are you on like like a top of sketch, very heavy handed, like putting stuff out? Like I don't to, mind it. You don't. I, I, when I'm watching sketches, I appreciate that. I would reveal the game earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, you don't need so much. Right after the husband says, "We lost our Jimmy, our son Jimmy. We got our son Jimmy a toy drone for Christmas. He lost contact with it somewhere over here. We were wondering if you knew anything about it. He should reveal it. Shot it. Mm. That should be his yeah. response. I hunted it." Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, a yeah that's a funny line. It's a funny line. Yeah, um, um, and then he has. He can just pull the plaque out and just start challenging him on his philosophy right there. Right. You probably don't even need to say that. Here, I yeah, just I hunted it, it and he's got. He's it. got it right yeah. in his mounted. hand. Yeah, mounted. Can look like a butte on the den. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it needs is a couple more specifics of like uh, things that actual hunters would say. Like, had it been a deer or mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like, what about like, like look inside and he's literally got like yeah. drones mounted. What about like you know how hunters they use like uh, take my deer... picture with it? Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I was gonna say like they use like deer urine to attract other drones. Like maybe there's some something absurd about how he attracts drones into his property. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like, like you, that's put, you put deer corn down and they come to the feeders, or you use like it's called like he's got a, like a signal jammer. Yeah, something like, like in his that. Front yard or yeah. something. I don't. I don't know if there's something to go with magnetic that. pulse creator. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Um, Just more mapping. Philosophy of why, like, is often a good place to get more. So why? So normally a guy would hunt deer, Mm -hmm. uh, fox, game. He's hunting drones. Mm -hmm. So why is he doing that? Um, He should. If he has a why, that'll make you know. Is it more challenging game? Is it just like the next evolution of animal? And so it's he always hunts the most advanced thing or whatever mm-hmm. the animals are too easy i don't know like uh a, a why is often a good way to get further beats yeah. does he say a why here um uh, i mean he's sort of provide for his family but yeah. it's, it, i guess it's like i guess does he say it or does he just sort of it's like a new it? age hunter right it's like a hunter who hunts the new age game and the game is a 
a drone that I like, has something. Providing for the family is an external reason, and I like internal reasons for comedy stuff. Mm. Like external. That's like, they need food, I'm going to get food. So mm-hmm. that's an external reason. An internal reason is better. Like, why do hunters hunt? In Why do hunters recreationally hunt? Because it makes them feel like they're Powerful. in touch with. So that, that yeah. should be his why for or, the drones. Yeah, okay. Oh, you know? that's like. Maybe he got like fired from his job. Like automated out of a job, and so oh. he, re- he respects how powerful these creatures are, right. and he's here to, you know, you know uh. what? I'm just, I'm, I just want to, you know, man to man. If if I win, then I, I don't know, like. Yeah, there's something about I'm like, here to hunt him down. To, what, do you uh, make on, on my terms? Do you make mm-hmm. the argument for the person? Like, there's always that argument. Like I used to, because everybody in my family hunts, so like I'd always hear. Um, like the argument of like, well, it's not really a sport if less the animals have guns. The animals can't shoot guns at you, so you're still just can like the wife make well, that what argument. What would the hunters say to that? Let's use real life as our guide. They what would, would say, someone who loves hunting say to that argument? They would say something like, "Well, at least my grandfather is a big deer hunter, so right. he would say something along the lines of, well, it's population control. Like, yeah, there's so many deer, and there's so okay. many. There's they eat crops, and if there's enough, they destroy the crops." And so you have to keep the numbers down. Okay, so I'd use yeah. some distorted version of that argument. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many drones, the noise pollution. A lot of these packages are, you know, the things people buy from Amazon tend to be not good for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm keeping, like, impulse buys away from people's bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like some, something like good for society right. type of logic. Yeah, positive. Yeah, so he feels like he's doing a so good yeah, thing. So, yeah, you're stealing, well, I'm not, but I'm doing it because it's good. So, like, mm-hmm. stealing is sort of the equivalent of like um killing an animal for no reason or whatever right yeah you see what i'm saying i don't know if that makes sense i don't or think not. stealing is because well that's their argument right now is like you shouldn't steal oh she says that yeah uh, oh so his so oh, i want to map it back to hunting so what's, what yeah, would okay. be the equivalent hunting version of that you shouldn't steal because if you kill an animal you can keep it right isn't yeah, that part sure. of the deal yeah yeah sure well you have you have to have a tag <laughs> you can only kill like three deer season or mm-hmm. something like that, or two. So that, that's like to limit, yeah, like yeah, how much you do, right? Yeah, right. deer tag, right? So maybe he respects those kind of protocol. Mm-hmm. He, or maybe yeah, so another, he goes, he "Hey, like, I tagged him, and he has his own tags, and it's just like, what if he makes his own tags? Like, yeah, you know, like, like there's no such thing as the official." Uh, what is it? The wildlife. Maybe he preemptively tags. Like someday this will be regulated. So I'm tagging <laughs> in anticipation of the yeah. rules that will someday yeah. emerge. That's funny. Yeah. Being really proud of his, like his son got like a one of those little teeny drones. You get like a mall kiosk, you know, and his son shot one of those down. Real mm-hmm. proud of his son for getting a little one. Mm-hmm. Just a baby, but it's. <laughs> I think more hunting jargon would be fun. Like making noises, crouching down, hiding behind. Oh yeah. Like, like having one. a call. Oh, like, that's what really have you, funny. What have you had? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You'd have to like hold up, but like you were saying, like a magnet or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holds up a big red pin, hoping that it looks like it's a pin somebody dropped on a Google map or something. Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough, tough. I yeah, would dig it, into the why a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's interesting trying to do this without the person to dig here. Into the why. Yeah, because I would ask him like what inspired it, and that would probably, I could probably guess the why. Yeah. Like, is he trying to make fun of hunters? Is he trying to... I feel like drones are the target of the sketch. Sort of like... Drones are hot right now. Is it just yeah, a natural popular. mapping that That's kind of what are I the think. next species? That's mm-hmm. sort of what I think it is. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels yeah. like, yeah. It's like a yeah, new age I hunter. I think he's right. It's weird. We've made these little insect creatures that like, you know, 
Yeah. Deliver packages. That fly and Yeah. Take all your take they're taking our Could jobs. there be another hunter who's more humane to just for the sport of it but doesn't want to hurt them? Like catches and releases. Yeah, I was gonna say drones. catch and release, yeah, that's funny. That, that, that would be cool because you can catch, you take, like, you do your tagging system, you know, like you're saying, yeah. like, and then you could also, if you wanted to be, like, you're helping out, I, that that would be more stealing to me, I think, like, you take their package, that would be different. I, I might do a major, it. so, okay, my, my quick notes would be, I think you get out on the goose, or you have to think of a more absurd thing than a missile to be hunting, like, you have to almost de-heighten, like, it's a bunch of zoons. <laughs> or something like something that's just no good to anybody mm-hmm. um or but i could even imagine a more fundamental and i would put the why in just have him say his why that'll probably inform at least the way he talks about the other beats but i could imagine a more extensive rewrite where you have several hunters each representing different style philosophies of hunting that we know of like the by the book sport just absolutely, you know, humane to the max hunter, a catch and release style. Mm-hmm. And then a more like defensive, don't take my guns. This is a tradition expression of myself guy. And then a third, like rogue mercenary off the books that only uses his hands to Former kill Afghanistan, the, like just a like Navy seal who's mm-hmm. just brought in for like the most devastating ones. Uh, who's going to round him up and go after some he drone like, gone bad. Like climbs up in trees and like yeah. paints himself to look like trees and then he Ram just grabs him out look like a drone like he's wearing yeah. like a copter <laughs> on his head or whatever. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, because guys it. do that. They wear leaves. Like, well, hunters, yeah. they'll wear leaves in a tree. That's a more extensive rewrite, though. Sometimes those yeah. extensive rewrites, you suggest them and it kind of kills the mojo for the writer. Yeah. So if that's no fun, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But there's a chance that he really likes what I just said, and then that's what I would do. But yeah, I could. I, I think my thing is you can get reveal it at halfway down the first page. Say a why, cut the missile beat. I think you. I think you'd be. I'm throwing a little more hunting jargon. Do you think that some of these some of these lines could be trimmed up a little bit too? Oh, probably. Because yeah. there's some like that are like seven eight lines long that I think you'd probably just trim like a. Yeah, those off. blocks of text are a warning sign. Like halfway down page three. Mm-hmm. And even the beginning of page one, because you can. I mean, worst case scenario, just cut it between the husband and wife so they split that line just for the pacing yeah, of it. Yeah, blocks of text are kind of a pace killer. Mm-hmm. You can page one, where your neighbors from up the road. Yeah. Yeah, you can split that between the husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Wife's a little light in here, yeah. so you can give her some of the exposition. I have a question kind of off just out of like your own personal taste. You say that you appreciate when people kind of spell stuff out very heavy-handedly. Um I don't mind it, yeah. You don't mind it. that. See, that's uh, what is your kind of philosophy behind that? Just out of curiosity. I mean, I I, I think you're right. If there's a way to make it, do it a little more artfully, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I think priority one is get to it fast. Mm-hmm. Priority. So if you have to do that ham-fisted, great. If you can do it artfully, let's look at this one. Can't believe still live like this here. The tw- actually, I like that. If it's if that year is important, you need it early and obvious, or nobody will know. Mm-hmm. I think actually you don't need it. I think this takes place next year. Mm-hmm. So I think that's not necessary. Um, I think I would start with the with knocking on the door. Right. Yeah, you could almost cut both of those first. Knock two on lines. the door. He answers. Do you live in this? Is this your shack? Yeah. Sorry to bother you. Look, we live in the development. We live in the subdivision at the bottom of the hill. God, this is gonna sound crazy. We bought our son Jimmy a drone. 
We're missing in this area. Just wondering if you happen to see anything about it. Yeah, I hunted it. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Pulls it out. Yeah. And then just it. beat the shit out of the game for two pages, three pages. Yeah, and then you're in it in line four. Yeah. I yes. think it would be a good stage sketch, actually. I think throwing stuff over while yeah, that would be a good theatricality. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good use of a stage. And throwing a, I, I haven't seen it. I've seen a lot of crazy shit. I haven't seen people throwing things over a back wall yet. From a drone, yeah. Yeah, from a drone. And um, I mean, if you're really cool, you could, like, depending on which beat you would choose, like, if it's, like, you know, if you did the more hunter stuff and there's, like, a elusive drone that you would never shoot, you could actually have a drone, you know, come in and actually have someone fly it in the, yeah. in the theater i mean it would be f- cool spectacle dangerous but cool spectacle yeah yeah drones not too dangerous right yeah they're okay a little one a little baby one <laughs> no but I, oh, i'm picturing like a giant drone <laughs> like a <laughs> yeah yeah like the one where the audience's hair is like blowing <laughs> i'll say that i think this is a good 201 sketch in a lot of ways though because there is pretty clear beats I think it could get to it faster, but he gets to it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot that's good. This this looks like a decent decent sketch for two hundred one. Yeah, for thanks, sure. Matt. Yeah, thank yeah, you, Matt. Thank you. And Appreciate if anybody it, else wants to send us uh, anything in, uh, foopod f o o w p o d at gmail, and you may get to have somebody as um, successful at sketch writing as Will Hines. Yeah. See, Matt, your shit to pieces. Your shit. See, Matt, Matt was number one. We should have made it be like, we had a bunch of people sitting in sketches <laughs> and we plugged it in. Get in that but line Tweety, now. Tweety just said, we got one person. <laughs> so, hey, uh, man, I'm all about the truth, you know. Yeah, the truth. Um, Keeping it real. Great. Uh, thank you so much, Will. Oh, yeah. For yeah. being here. And Thanks doing for having this. me. Yeah. Um, Appreci- appreciate it. Um, so one more time, can you plug your stuff, everybody? So yes, I have a podcast you. called Don't Get Me Started. Uh, check that out. I have a Twitter account, Will Hines, W-I-L-L-H-I-N-E-S, where I plug stuff that I'm doing. And I, uh, I'm on an improv team called The Smokes every Monday at um, UCBLA, Monday at 7 o'clock. Cool. Cool. Um, you can follow us at FooPod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D, on Twitter, at FooPod. Um, you can watch me on Ms. Smith at iOS on the third Sunday every month, 10 p.m. Um, I am going to be I'm trying to go through the laundry list, small yeah. list of things I have. Uh, Dad Jeans, second Sunday of the month, uh, 9 p.m., iOS. Uh, I don't know if this is going to come out before, but Channel 101, Ghost Boys Episode 2. Uh, we'll be screening at the Downtown Independent Theater uh, last Saturday of the month, so whatever that day is, 8 p.m., 10 p.m. It's totally free. Come out and watch Tweety's in it. I'm in it. I played, um, a, I played a dad. Yeah, nice. he plays a dad. I'm, I'm in it. I wrote uh, wrote this or co-wrote this uh, pilot that is the second episode, which is cool. And then May 10th, Comedy Central Stage, I'm doing a show called The Tonight Shows, which we just did last night at I.O., How'd that go? Good. It went over great, man. Good. It was uh, we had Josh Server from Nickelodeon. Oh, nice. Um, do you remember Josh? I don't know. He he's he, he was on all that with Keenan. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's a show. great show. He was our he was our guest celebrity. That it's a fun show. It's we do two late night shows at the same time, and it's kind of competing competing in nature. It's a lot of fun. But May tenth, Comedy Central stage tickets are online. They're free as well. That's it. Rad. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, that's everything, right? We got to get a tag. Uh, oh, we yeah. don't. We don't. Sure. Um, we don't have a tagline, so we got just asked our guests to to just tag fish out of water for us. So, would you mind doing that? Um, yes. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, know your rights. But, you know, rights spelled like paper and pen writing. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Will. It's a tagline you have to explain. I, I think those are good because it forces people to have to listen longer. Yeah, and be yeah, like, right. oh, that doesn't make any sense. I'll stick around and, until I learn what it means. Uh, thanks, Awesome. Craig. Thanks. This has been a BoardWalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.